Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by lead fantasy analyst and NFL contributor for Yahoo Sports, Liz Loza. Liz shares how her relationship with her grandfather shaped her as a person, a sportsman, and an analyst. She also talks about why mistakes are beautiful opportunities, how she pivoted from a reactive to a proactive career, as well as the genesis of Eckler's Edge and why it's groundbreaking. This episode has laughter, tears, the good kind, and some incredible fantasy football and life itself. This episode has laughter, tears, the good kind, and some incredible fantasy football and life advice. So make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Liz, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. Thank you for having me, Tracy. I'm a big fan of yours, and I'm honored to be here. Well, I am a big fan of yours, and we actually met years ago through a mutual friend, and this has just been awesome to kind of see what you've been doing, and I know fangirls changed a lot since then, so I'm really just excited to get to sit down and have this fun convo about you and your professional journey, and so let's jump right in with that. Could you take us through your professional journey to this point? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is a rather detoured and unexpected route that I've been (laughs) on, but I'm happier that it's taken me to some surprising and really, quite frankly, gratifying locales. Um, I first came to Los Angeles, where I'm based still, to work in entertainment, and I was working, and I was doing things, and I was making my health insurance, you know, (laughs) but I wasn't feeling particularly gratified or in control. And I felt like my life was very reactive more than proactive because I was at the whim of the entertainment industry is what it sort of felt like. Um, And, but I was working and everyone's like, Oh, but you, you're working. Like I, you know, I'd think about like, Oh, maybe I should switch gears, but then like I'd book a giant part or I'd have an influx of cash from a new opportunity. And so it was like, I just like the carrot kept being there. And um, then I did a I did a pilot for ABC, and it was like like a real pilot, like not mm-hmm. one of these like oh my friends and I put money together and not that there's anything wrong with it that, but like there it was like a real thing, and it was my dream, and all of a sudden I was like oh it's the sitcom comedy, and it was probably one of the most well at this point top five I can't see the most, but it was in the top five of career experiences shot in front of a live studio audience. We had an incredible cast that included a bunch of Tony award winning and Emmy award winning names. And I vibed with the whole cast and I just thought, Oh my gosh, I have done it. Like this was it. This was the dream since I was a little girl. I can't believe it. And then of course the pilot did not get picked up. And I was, and and it was like starting from scratch again. It was like going into rooms for like one day guest stars and for smaller parts. And I just thought, oh, like I am, I have done, honestly, like I had one of those moments where I was like, I've, but I've done everything right. I followed all of the rules. I have been kind to everybody. I have taken acting classes. I have not eaten carbs. Like uh, what the <laughs> I can, you know, like I've done all the things that I'm supposed to do. And I realize now that that's like an incredibly immature and like short-sighted point of view. But when you're in your twenties, like that's, that I was just so frustrated because I couldn't figure out a way to not have to be beholden all the time and Mm -hmm. wanted something desperately for myself. And, um, I got pregnant. My, I was not, uh, it was not necessarily, we were not, and you live in LA, like that's yeah. not really when people start having families in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And it was, um, it was, I was married, but it was not something that my husband and I were planning at that point in our lives. And 
it really forced me to reevaluate all of the things. Mm -hmm. And I had previously started this little blog called the fantasy football girl. And it was the fantasyfootballgirl.com. And I had like kind of just done it as a side project because I had gotten into fantasy football, which is a different story, but I'd gotten into fantasy and I was really intrigued by it and surprised that there weren't more women, frankly, in the space because it mm -hmm. seemed like a totally accessible way, like, like a totally accessible game, frankly, hobby for everybody to get to experience the NFL. Like I call fantasy football, choose your own adventure for NFL fans. And there's definitely <laughs> different levels of buy-in, right? Like you don't have to be a super, super stat nerd. You can be like a casual fan. And I had just really fallen in love with that as a creative outlet. And so when I was in this like moment of my life where I'm like, oh, I want something for myself. What else can I do? Like, do I do, I did voiceover for a minute. Like I kept trying to do on camera stuff. I thought about being an executive. And then I kind of like one day was like, wait a second. I have like all this content sitting here that I've just mm -hmm. been like putting out into the world, but with no exact purpose, like just for myself. And I was like, I think maybe this is the thing I have been looking for. I'm writing my own articles. I'm engaging with other people about something I find fascinating on social media. Um, I'm doing videos. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm going to, I'm going to focus all of my energies on this and being a working mom. And I guess being a wife too, but like, let's be honest, the wife thing is last. And, um, and I did. And all of a sudden, everything just started to turn over. Like the universe started to click into place and I wasn't distract. I didn't, I didn't find myself missing going to auditions. I didn't find myself like pulling my hair out. I was enjoying playing fantasy football. I was going on different radio shows. I was going on Sirius XM. I was getting better at it. Mm -hmm, like I was mm -hmm. learning in the process. And then one thing led to another. Somebody heard me. I said yes to everybody's anything mm -hmm. just for practice and reps and was getting paid negative money, frankly. Mm -hmm. And um, then one, somebody heard me on a Sirius XM show and they happened to be looking for another analyst and offered me a job and I took it. And at the time my son was, when I took that job, 14 months old. Okay. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this job and have this baby. We didn't have any help. My family doesn't live in Los Angeles, in California, neither does my husband's. And so, but I was like, I feel like I felt in my bones, like, this was it. Like this was the moment, the stepping stone that I felt was really going to catapult me to whatever. And I had no idea what that would be, but to whatever <laughs> next level of gratification, of joy, of knowledge, all of the things, any of the things. And I took it and I don't, honestly, I don't know how I did all of it. And my son did not sleep. He was, so I ended up writing at three o'clock in the morning and looking at injury reports at four o'clock in the morning. And um, then from that season though, Yahoo Sports noticed me and they happened to be in a place where they were hiring another head mm. and they offered, I tested at another larger place. Once they found out I was testing, they just offered me the job straight out and I have been with them now. That was in, it became official. I got the offer from Yahoo Sports, ironically, the week of my son's second birthday. Oh, wow. And I have been with them now for six years. I am in my sixth season, football season with Yahoo Sports. That is fantastic. And I'm going to have you go back because you said you'd gotten into fantasy football, but that was a mm -hmm. different story. So I would love to hear that story. Yeah. So, okay. So that story is, oh, um, so growing up, I grew up in Chicago, uh, was, I'm the only child of a single mom. So okay my grandparents were paramount in my upbringing because my mom was busy trying to put food on the table, frankly, and working. And so they, my grandfather was the one who would pick me up from school and be in charge of my Halloween costumes and all of those things that go unnoticed, frankly, in modern day parenting, but somehow happen. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather was in charge of all of those things. And he was a diehard sports fan. Uh, I always get emotional talking about him. I'm sorry. Like, I just can't apologize. I think it. about it without like being pulled into the gorgeous nostalgia because they're all so many happy memories. Um, 
but he was this World War II veteran from Chicago, like stormy, husky, brawling, very much like the Carl Sandburg poem about mm-hmm. the city. And yet raising this little girl. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I was like, I, I learned everything that if we're speaking in gender normative terms, a quote boy would learn. Like I learned about cars and sports and learning and how to change the belt on a faulty washing machine in the laundry room. Like, <laughs> because he took me, I mean, I, he used to take me to the racetrack and like hide me instead of going to preschool or kindergarten sometimes. And we'd like go to the track together and I'd like hide under the, the little table and Chicago's a big sports town. So I learned all about sports. And in fact, like third grade Halloween, all the other little girls were princesses. And I was Ryan Sandberg, who was the second baseman for the Chicago Cubs. Like that. That is awesome. Yeah. And it was just, and I wanted to be, it wasn't enforcing me. Like that was just my exposure. And it, I think that like typifies my, my childhood experience. So fast forward a couple of years and I'm going off to college now. And I, by the way, did not know that girls being into sports was a taboo thing, a not acceptable thing. It was not Mm -hmm. a thing because the person who introduced me to all of these sports was the most quote masculine of men who is like a war hero. So I had no idea. So I go to college and unfortunately my, my first semester my grandfather fell very ill unexpectedly and I had to race home. Uh, I was in the middle of finals of my first semester of my freshman year and I tried to race home, but I did not get home in time to say goodbye to him. And I was, whoo, still am heartbroken by it, like completely devastated. This was the person, this was probably like the most important person in my life mm-hmm. and other than my mom. And so as a way to like grieve, I turned on the TV and just started watching every single, like I would normally, the Bears were on, the Bears were playing the Vikings. I was in ho- at home and in that weird space too of like my first semester of college away, like feeling unsure about everything in a total transition space. And then this like the most important person in my life like is gone and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And so I turn on the TV and I'm watching Bears Vikings, the Bears are losing. And then I just start watching every football game. Mm-hmm. and listen, my mom was not, she was paying for tuition. She's still single. She was not about to put me in any sort of therapy. The money for that was not available. So my own (laughs) therapy was just watching football and watching it and watching it. And it became, I found myself becoming not just like a Chicago sports fan and not just a Bears fan, but an NFL fan. Mm -hmm. And that was giving me the knowledge of the league on a a whole level on, on a, you know, a bird's eye view of the league instead of just a regional view. And fast forward a couple of years, I'm still doing this as my regular Sunday sort of therapy way to stay connected, any of those things. I graduate from college. I moved to LA. I'm dating this boy, this man, man child. <laughs> um, and he is in something called the fantasy football league. And I don't know what that is, but he bashfully says to me and we're, we're, we've been dating a couple of months, but it's not like that far into it. Mm-hmm. And he says, Hey, um, so ugh, this is a little embarrassing, but I, I'm in this thing called the fantasy football league. And on Sundays, I like to watch this thing called the red zone channel and just like watch TV all day. Is that going to like, are you okay with that? Like, if you don't want to do that, we can do so. And I was like, what? This is perfect. Like, this is, first of all, I definitely as a struggling actor do not have the money for the Red Zone channel. So <laughs> yes, are we getting wings? We having Chinese? We ordering pizza? Like, what are we doing? And so then we're watching the games together and I, he realizes that I start to know the players that aren't just playing for the Bears and- mm-hmm he's showing me this fantasy football league and like slowly he starts to ask me for some advice and I start freely giving it. And I was like, wait, wait, you don't want that running back. Like this running back has a better matchup. And Oh, that quarterback, that quarterback's like stiff in the pocket. You want this quarterback who might, you know, like we're just, and he's like, Oh my God. And lo and behold, I co-manage his team to a super bowl victory and totally hooked, totally hooked on fantasy football. I'm like, I would like my own. I want one of those. I, how do I get one of those? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, there's an opening in the league. And I was like, okay, great. I would like that. And the league is like, okay, there's an opening. You can have it. And I, in my first solo campaign as a fantasy manager, 
went ahead and won a second championship. And then all of the guys, because I was the only woman in the league, balked and were like, oh, it's beginner's luck. She got lucky. Joel must have done most of the, um, that was my boyfriend at the time's name. Joel must have done all of the configuring the first time. And then the second year I had a solo team, I um, won the Super Bowl, the championship again. So technically three years in a row I mm-hmm. won. And it was, yeah. And it was at that point that I, I would actually watch this show called fantasy football live 90 minutes before kickoff as I was setting my final lineups. And I remember turning to my boyfriend and saying, you know, why, why isn't there any women on the show? Like what, if, if the NFL viewing audience is close to 50%, like why Mm -hmm. aren't there any women on this show? And he shrugged and was like, I don't know. Why don't you start a blog? And so I did. And then the other stuff happened. And now I am the lead analyst and host on fantasy football live and have been for the past few years. That is that is fantastic. I, I love everything about that story. And I love that your thought process was, why aren't there any women? That was when we started, when I started Fangirl, it was very similar. It was like, why isn't there content speaking directly to women? For the same reason you said that almost 50% of the fan base are women. So I just, I love everything about this story and just awesome. And I love, I can just hear the other men on the team saying, oh, it must've been beginner's luck. Mm-hmm. Joel must've done it. When they just, and then I wish I could have seen their faces year two when you won that Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's amazing. So when did you, so I guess that kind of answers my question of when you discovered it's an area that you excel in. So then I have an important question that I think everyone is now going to turn up the volume to, to get the answer to, and including myself is what makes someone good at fantasy football? I think what makes someone good honestly is so you can study and study. I'm not going to deny that there's an element of luck and stars Mm -hmm. aligning, right? Like if you happen to dodge a bunch of injuries, then, or you're the players on your squad are dodging injuries, then like that obviously gives you an advantage. But I think a lot of it is trusting your gut and being able to discern game script, which people don't always want to do, right? Like people don't, people, I think, Sometimes people assume like, oh, well, if this is a bad pass defense and this is a strong offense, then there should be a lot of points, right? But Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to, it's like more nuanced than that. Because like if a bad defense also has a bad offense, then maybe that team doesn't have the firepower to fight back. And then the other team, maybe instead of the receivers, it's the running backs that get a lot of play because they're salting away a lead, you know, or or they're Mm -hmm. trying to grind out the clock. So I think like being able to discern and obviously games go sideways all the time, right? The Raiders are three and oh right mm-hmm. now heading into Monday night football. Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I think that, but I think being able or being willing and able to discern game script and then mm-hmm. trusting your gut that you're probably right about it and following through and not hedging is what makes someone who is consistently good at fantasy football. Okay, that's I'm going to take those with me. I, my big struggle is that, of course, it coincides with by far my busiest time of year. Mm-hmm. So I find that Wednesday or Thursday comes around and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to look at my lineup. And I sometimes, I mean, yesterday, uh, we're, we're recording this on a Monday. I have, I have Tyree Kill, so in theory, I should win this week with no problem, which would be true had I not had two people starting for me that were out. So, so it was like, so I'm trying to find that, that fine line, but I think what you just said about discerning game script and trusting your gut is excellent advice. And so I know everybody will be writing that one down for sure. So now you have the Austin Eckler show and Mm -hmm. you get to kind of, I think, bring in a little of your on-camera past into what you're doing now. So if you could just tell us about that and, and how it came about and, and how that's kind of added another fun element to what you do every day. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, I will say that the thing about my job that I've loved is that I get to write and I do a podcast and I do a lot of video shows. So I'm able to, in a way that maybe working in entertainment, I'm able to use all of the muscles. I write a weekly mm-hmm. sleepers column and we do a, and I do rankies. And so it feels like every part of my being from the top of my head to my toes really is getting worked in doing this um, this sort of work and working in fantasy um, and in sports in general. Um, the Austin situation is really cool because it's unprecedented, frankly, like never, ever in the history of sports media content 
of which you know personally there is a ton, (laughs) especially now in a digital era, has an active player done a show about fantasy football. Mm -hmm. It's been, uh, and for many years, fantasy has been considered taboo because Mm -hmm. frankly, sometimes fantasy managers don't act with the decorum necessary and that they should be acting with um, when speaking or tweeting at athletes. Um, It's been something for quote nerds, but Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know, like it, it, we're in an interesting, an interesting era of content now that there is so much of it all around, you know, like stranger things is about a bunch of kids doing D and D and yet it's beloved because Mm -hmm. we have options. It's not just like, Oh, the people, you know, there's, we have options for content. So there are a whole like world of, hobbies and interests that now are being exposed to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I think that has like influenced these current football players who are younger, who are part of Gen Z and the younger millennial crew. And they've grown up playing fantasy football. And Austin reached out to Yahoo Sports and Yahoo Fantasy has the biggest platform for fantasy sports and Mm -hmm. said, hey, like, it's a collab. Let's do this. And um. I was thrilled the fact that I get to like every week, Austin Eckler star running back for the Los Angeles chargers. And I um, talk fantasy football and we do a video show on Yahoo sports. It comes out every Thursday. And I ask him the questions. Like there was a a preseason injury scare about his hamstring. And so I have to say, you know, on the record, how's your hamstring? Like, that's also mm-hmm. an interest. Like, that's kind of a scary place is like the yeah. co-host of the show to just be like, well, is he going to get mad at me? Nobody's ever done. That. I don't think he'll get mad at me. This is part of the job, but there's no blueprint for this. Just like there's no blueprint for starting your blog and being a content creator. You know that better than anyone, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's been getting an incredible response. Um, the engagement is awesome. We had Rain Wilson on the show last week and you know, something is working when guests are coming on the show with nothing to promote. Yes, like, 100%. Right? Like Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute from the office, office happens to be in numerous fantasy leagues. He and I are actually in a league together. It's amazing. And he um, is a giant Austin Eckler fan because Austin has won him some previous championships or gotten him quite <laughs> far. And so he wants to come on the show to chop it up with Austin and ask us both for advice in setting his lineup. Like Amazing. Right. We've got, I, this isn't a sport. I mean, we have Justin Herbert, um, the quarterback for the chargers on this week's episode. And it's been awesome to see the infusion of like pop culture and sports royalty and it all being current, not just like a retired player who feels like he is now in a place where he can talk about fantasy or is trying to, you know, just elevate his brand or get in touch with the younger generation. So for me, it feels like fantasy is being legitimized in a gorgeous way and it's staying incredibly creatively fulfilling. And we get to be on this adventure together. And there's no one I'd rather be on this adventure with, frankly, than Austin, because he's one of the most generous um, humble, incredibly talented people that I've ever got to work with before. That is awesome. And you said something in there that I, that you said a couple things that I want to go back to and unpack for lack of a better term. The first one being that you're using pretty much every muscle and really from the beginning of your career in fantasy football, you've had the ability to do that. So I would just love for you to talk a little bit about how you were able to take really all the parts of you to create this world for yourself and this incredible career. You had the on-camera experience. You had the writing experience. You had the years and years of watching and dissecting and analyzing football. And I just think that's an important thing to discuss because for a lot of our listeners who may think, I want to work in sports, but I don't know what I want to do. Or I know I'm really good at this, but how do I make that into a career? I think your journey is really inspiring in that way. So if you could just kind of touch on that a little. I think I just did it. I I have Mm -hmm. spent much of my life, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, like following the rules Mm -hmm. and doing the things that I was told I, and and honestly, like when you're being raised by a single mom who doesn't have like, I can't, I didn't have the um, opportunity to make a ton of mistakes. It was being, it was made very clear to me early on that like my mom could not, like, I can't get, I don't have the money to bail you out of certain situations. Like you cannot get into them. So, um, 
I'm working my butt off and I expect the same out of you. And that was mm-hmm. definitely like a, a tenet of my childhood. And so, and I did it. And I, I and also I'm teaching my own children that same sort of like, that same sort of philosophy. But I feel like in doing that, sometimes you reach a crossroads where you're like, oh, but I mean, let's be honest, like we're living, especially in times right now where you wonder if accountability is a thing you question mm-hmm. do, do, do consequences exist anymore like wh- what are we doing and so I was mm-hmm. having um a little bit of a crisis of faith about that stuff and in my head about how do I do this perfectly like how do I do it right what's the right way to do this and I think I just was so tired of doing the right thing that I said I don't care and I just did it like I'm and I became comfortable with making mistakes and understanding that mistakes are in quack in fact Mistakes are, in fact, beautiful opportunities to learn more. Like, mistakes are Mm -hmm. things you need to make. It's only a problem if you refuse to learn from the mistakes that you're making. And I I had a mentor once say to me, if you're going to make a mistake, it best be a big one. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, in terms of work, not life choices. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. (laughs) And I also think, I mean, but in speaking of life choices, like, I don't know. I was like, I'm pregnant now. I'm a mom. Like, ah, I've never done any of these things, right? Mm -hmm. So. I think if if there is something in someone that is sparking and there's the, you know, ember of an opportunity, don't overthink it and stomp out the spark. Just do the thing and trust that you'll find a way to give it oxygen and grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And it, it's a little bit, it, it makes me think a little bit of what you said about the show and that Austin's the first active Mm -hmm. NFL player and you guys are kind of learning as you go obviously it's going fantastic and you're doing a great job but there's probably learning curves in there and navigating that and I think not being afraid to do that for both of you is pretty incredible well thank you I mean it's it was there are question marks and I think too though people can feel I also think that you know I, I you know, when someone's networking with you, you know, when someone's Mm -hmm. not being like, you know, when you're getting networked, right? Right. Like that feeling. And if it's not authentic, if it's not organic, that might help you a little bit. It's a fine bridge, but I don't know, like watching Michelle Tafoya interview Tom Brady at the end of the Patriots Bucks game on Sunday night. Like I was fascinated because yes, Tom Brady gave an incredibly poised and well thought out and humble reply to her questions, but also Michelle Tafoya was listening. Mm -hmm. She was asking those questions. It seemed not because she wanted to look like the ace interviewer in a situation, but because she was actually interested in a conversation Mm -hmm. and supporting that authenticness, that connectedness. Like I think that connectedness for me is like it. Like I want to be engaged. I want my work to be connected to people. I want to stay connected to people. And whether that means having to be remote or in person, it doesn't really matter because if the intention is organic and authentic, then the connection will also be authentic and organic and fruitful. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred percent correct. The, and the connectedness is important. And you make a really good point about the interview and that's for our budding reporters and journalists that are listening to, are listening to this podcast listening is so important mm-hmm. in an interview not getting yourself so i what's i am not i'm having trouble with my words because you know we're recording on a monday and that can happen but <laughs> it's because you want it you want to be incredibly prepared but maybe not so laser focused um, scripted there's the word see this is why teamwork makes the dream work you don't want to be so scripted because it's so important to listen and that is how you connect with people in a meeting on a zoom in an interview at a coffee, whatever it may be, that is how you connect. And also not every person's going to be your people. And that's fine. Yes. And that is fine. And that, that is a very difficult thing to come to, but it's so important to remember that and to know that. Um, so this made me, leads me into a question that I have for you, uh, because I think you've seen various parts of the entertainment industry. Obviously you've seen various parts of the sports industry. What is a misstep that you're seeing women make when trying to break into the sports and entertainment industry? I think that one is tough. And I think the answer, I mean, there are a bunch of answers, but I think the, I see a lot of young women wanting to be part of entertainment or sports, but not really knowing why. 
Mm-hmm. Like, is it because you want to be connected? Is it because you, or is it, or is it because you just want to be an influencer, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care why you want to be it, but you need to care why you're doing this. Is it because you want to like appease your parents? Is it because you were the ugly duckling growing up and you want to show everybody at home that you can be something like, I think that people don't have honest conversations with themselves about why they want to do it. And then if you don't know that, then you just don't have like an intention about you and the work falls flat. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, or, or people like, I, I really like storytelling. Like the amount of times I've heard the like, I really like, I want to be a storyteller. Like, that's fine. But why do you want to be a storyteller? Mm-hmm. Know your what why. about right like what about storytelling is the thing for you and if you always because this like if you're lucky enough to like make it in this business and to have a career you're gonna get knocked around eventually and having that touchstone of why also doesn't just propel you into having the career but keeps you grounded while you're having it I really like that and the idea of, of the why and the honest conversation with yourself. It's so important because whatever the reason, the reason is fine. Just yeah. be honest about it because you'll do better work. You'll be more intentional with your work. You'll be more connected to your work if you can at least be honest with yourself. Of why or you maybe you'll it. discover that you actually don't want that job, but you want something adjacent to that job, which is a much better fit. Mm-hmm. And you may, you may discover what is it you want and what your ego wants. And that, yep. that may be a whole other discussion. Mm-hmm. But those two things may not always be the same. So I think that idea is, is very important. I would love to know how, and maybe we'll take this into day in the life and then I have other questions, but how do you prioritize your days? One of the things we talk a lot about on this podcast is that there's, there's really no such thing as balance, at least not on a daily basis. You're not going to be able to be like, well, I went through my day and I was completely balanced throughout the day. But you may look at a week or a month and say, well, this week, this was the biggest priority. And next week, that's the biggest priority. And this year, this is the biggest priority, if that's making sense. So I'd love to know how you prioritize your days and what you have going on in your life. Well, first of all, I love that you said there's no such thing as balance. As a Libra, entering Libra season, the fact that there is no balance is something it has taken me a long time to contend with and come to grips with. Fair. (laughs) Um, Fair. So um, I will say that, like, I just allow myself to have every day be its new thing. Um, I have two small kids. Like, there are days when I, for instance, like, Halloween is a Sunday this year. Okay. And yes, it is. I, I'll be I, in Chicago, actually. Oh, Full circle. Well, say hi to my mom. <laughs> well, definitely the Niners play the Bears. It's funny. That's, you're right. Oh my gosh. That would be Jimmy G's homecoming, except he's hurt. Um, anyway, do you know Jimmy G and I, by the way, went to rival high schools? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I had we, no idea. We know people in common. I've interviewed him a couple of times and it's always like a riot and my accent comes out a ton. Anyway, oh, back that's to funny. Your, that's back to your question about prioritizing. So I am like, okay, well, and I don't think I would have had the courage, frankly, to do this a couple of years ago, but I'm like, well, my kids are my priority on every Sunday. Oh, my job is my priority every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my family knows that. And it is very clear. It is clear to my husband that I am sleeping. I have to be up super early because we do. I have to be camera ready by 730 in the morning. I need to prep before that. My day has always been uh, on Sundays, something that is the priority and Mm -hmm. I am honest about it and call it out. But this Sunday is a bit of a conundrum, right? So I am working in the morning and then asked, requested to be off in the evening because my kids on Halloween are the priority. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, I'm not going to be that parent who like doesn't go trick or treating with my kids because I'm working. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a scary thing to do, but I allow every day to real, like every day there's a new set of priorities on Tuesdays. The priority is Eckler's edge. And, um, we shoot that show on Tuesdays and that is my priority of other things to do, but that is the priority I lead with on Tuesdays on Fridays. Um, it's my theoretical off day. My priority on Friday mornings is going and taking a hike by myself with my AirPods alone. Mm-hmm. And so every day I sort of look at, and I mean, when you're in season, it's a little bit different out of season, but in season, there's a cadence 
to an NFL season that you can kind of like say, okay, Tuesday is Austin's day. Wednesday is the day I write. Thursday is the afternoon. I pick up the kids and we go get ice cream because I haven't seen them because the top of the week is busier. Friday is the day I go do something for myself and then we reset. And so I think for prioritizing, I just let every day have its own number one priority and then don't beat myself up if I didn't fit everything else in. I really like that. That is such a good tip. I was going to say advice and I think it's also really good advice, but I think that's such a good tip. What is your number one priority? And if you can get through that, because every day things happen, you know, the best mm-hmm. laid plans, you know, I've, I've had plenty of days where I'm like, all right, well on that's so like Tuesday is player's day off. So oftentimes that's also Tracy's day off. Um, sort of kind of, because there is the fangirl side of it, but I try to take that day to be able to do some things for myself that I need to do. That being said, something comes up on the fangirl side. I'm going to need to get an article done that I wasn't planning to for that day. So I think the idea of having one priority and then not beating yourself up is just really a fantastic way to go. Thanks. You're welcome. And I think we've had this unfair idea of work-life balance Mm -hmm. and it's just the word doesn't exist. I think it puts a lot of pressure on us, especially as women Mm -hmm. to, to essentially perform in a way that's just not even realistic. Or it's realistic, but the thing, you know how they always say you can't have all the things like you're, it's either sleep, physical fitness, friends, it's the the five F's like, uh, I forget what the sleep one is for F, but like, it's basically like sleep, physical fitness, friendship, family, or I don't know, the husband one. I don't know what it is, but like, (laughs) I I, I get what you're saying. Right. There's like five buckets. Right. And Um, you can never have all five. And I'm like, well, you can figure out a way to have all five, but the one that's missing that's never mentioned is joy. And I don't know why that bucket is the first to get axed. Well, that is, that's, but I think that's a lot of what's happened to our world and we are all available 24 seven. And on the day we're recording this, I mean, kind of, you know, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp is down. Yep. And it's, it is kind of funny because it's all like, wow, what, what do we do and how conditioned we are. And I think in this world of being so, so connected, but in a different way than we were talking about earlier and so available, I think we do throw away joy or the things for ourselves. Uh, And, and self-care doesn't necessarily mean a massage, even though that's fabulous, but Mm -hmm. sometimes self-care is 15 minutes outside by yourself, or like you said, on a hike with your AirPods by yourself. And that stuff, if we don't prioritize it, can sometimes get put by the wayside because we think everything else is more important, but we're so much better if we prioritize it for all the other Amen. stuff. Amen. Um, I didn't mean to get so deep there, but you know what? Sometimes it happens. This the Instagram really <laughs> being down is really giving me time to think today. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes, of course. Uh, well, I would love for you to take us through a day in the life and maybe it is Tuesdays because I know that's kind of a, a newer thing for you, but really you could pick whatever day you want but would love to hear kind of what a day in the life of Liz Loza is like. Okay. Um, Every day is so different because we're on such a content schedule um, Mm -hmm. and I have different things due. I think I'll probably go through, why don't I, I'll go through, well, Sunday is like the major day, but that's also. You could do that too. Or or whichever one. No, I'll go through Tuesday. I'll go through Tuesday. Okay. So Tuesday is kind of, my busiest days are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Those are the three, three busy, busy days. This Tuesday I have um, an SMT satellite media tour from 4.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., but that is not normal. Okay. Um, Usually on Tuesdays I I wake up or I am woken up by my four-year-old at six o'clock in the morning because she wants snuggles. Um, (laughs) and she is very sweet, but also let mommy sleep because the amount of like under eye gels I'm going through is really, (laughs) really not good for the planet. And that's funny, um, but I usually wake up around six 30. Um, my husband unloads the dishwasher and makes lunches because those things I hate, I get them dressed and, uh, we, I usually take them to school on Tuesdays. We trade off and then I come back and, we usually do a quick workout um, at home and shower and get ready to film and prep. So I'll, I'll shower and then put on my makeup and then I'll prep by myself for about mm, half an hour at least before okay. we head into Eckler's Edge. I'll do Eckler's Edge. We'll wrap that and then I'll go into another video shoot, which is called Fearless Forecasts. And every week I am tasked with writing projections 
for various position, whether it's wide receiver, I'm on tight ends this week. And so I'll go through, I write those on Mondays and then on Tuesdays we shoot them. It's like a blurb of like Dawson Knox has scored four touchdowns over three weeks. And this week he's facing team X and I'm fearlessly forecasting him to, you know, catch five balls for 65 yards and a touchdown or whatever I think it might be. So I film those. And then usually at that point, Tuesday is also the day that I wash the towels and the uh, bath mats. So after I wrap that, I will go do the laundry and then I will start um, and then I will file my rankings once I have the laundry going because there's like a video break. So I move my mind into a different like category, you know, like no more working, going to go do this task that the domestic task that needs to get done. And then I come back and I set my rankings. And then by then, like, it's time to, I, my, my husband will go get the kids from aftercare. They stay late. And then um, once they get home, I stop working until they go to bed. And then when they go to bed, if I have to finish something, I will finish it. Usually Tuesday nights, I stay up and tweak my rankings okay. after I give the first ones a pass. And then um, I usually will then allow myself to watch I, probably Housewives of Beverly Hills on Tuesday nights. Totally fair. Um, or um, ba- whatever the Bachelor series is, I'll you know I'll probably be tweaking my rankings on the sofa as I'm watching some sort of mindless reality television, <laughs> and um, then I'll I'll go to bed and do it all again the next day, but with a different set of um, content demands, like an article or a different video shoot or something else. Awesome, I love it. I also would like to say that one of the things I really like about Eckler's Edge is the alliteration. I'm a big fan of alliteration. So <laughs> thank you. Maybe Meg really just perfectly named. Uh, I really alliteration always makes me happy. So very excited about that. But that sounds like a very full day and and a really good example of what we were talking about earlier is it's got a little bit of everything in that day. You've got home life, you've got work life, you've got laundry life, you've got workout life, you've got all but a little bit of each of it. It, you know, in that day, but of course the priority that day is Eckler's edge. So that makes sense. Yeah, and then that is a priority. And the, to- obviously the towel, the fact that I'm like, oh, well, Tuesday is towel day. There's another alliteration for you. Um, there, that's maybe that's Tuesday. how it happened. <laughs> maybe that is how it happened. But it also the towels are also important because it's not going to be real great when you're doing baths and showers and no one can dry off. So I think yeah. the towels are equally as important. So that's awesome. Switching gears a little bit. Um, and before we, we get into five fun facts, we'll do something that maybe is less fun, but but not really, because I think it's important as well, is a criticism you received early in your career that was difficult to take, but helped to shape you in a positive way. And that could have been when you were acting in entertainment. It could have been early in your time uh, with Yahoo, but I just would love to hear an example of that. Nobody wants to take advice from a woman. Well, I just want to smack whoever said that to you. Um, and how did you handle that criticism? I mean, interestingly, this was not a troll on social media. This was someone I considered a friend. Like this was a a close friend, an ally, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I believed it. If I'm being 100% honest, I was like, oh, that's going to be an obstacle for me. That's going to be an obstacle because when he he said, when he said like nobody, he meant men, but right, Mm -hmm. that's the like, nobody means all. And to his mind, men is all of the NFL viewing audience. And I was like, Oh, he's right. And then I thought, um, and I sat with it for like a day. I was like, how am I ever going to break in? No one is going to want to like invest in me if, and again, no one being the people in charge who are men at the Mm -hmm. time, mostly right. Mm -hmm. Men are not going to want to invest in me or they're not going to see the potential in me, the potential for ROI in me. Because I didn't mm-hmm. want to just like check some sort of quota box. Like I, I believe myself. I get asked all the time, like, how does it feel to be the first lady of fantasy? I didn't make that name up. I hate that name. Like, how does it feel to be like the number one woman in fantasy? And I get so mad. So I'm like, what? Well, I'm like, if there is a Mount Rushmore of fantasy analysts, <laughs> I'm on it. I just happen to be a woman. Like I'm not the best mm-hmm. woman in the space. I'm one of the best analysts in the space, period. So mm-hmm. like- I think when he said that to me, it had never, and I alluded to this earlier, occurred to me that there was this barrier because I was a woman. It, my grandfather never, I, it was just not, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And I was like blindsided when he said that. And then I sat with it for a day and I came back to, and this is why touchstones are important. I came back to my why. My why mm-hmm. was, well, why aren't there any 
women on this show. Mm -hmm. Oh, if the NFL viewing audience is 50% women. And I was like, oh, well, but I'm not, uh, it's okay if, if quote, nobody wants to listen to advice from a woman, because I know also that they will, if it's good, eventually. And also there's 50% of the damn audience that's being neglected. So you can take your nobody and you can shove it. And I just decided to like, not focus on what, the obvious thing was, but find where the disruption in the space, where the disruption in the space could exist. That's the going back to your why. And I think that that, that is such the way to handle that. And I like, I like the term disruption because why not really? And at the end of the day is everybody will listen to anybody who can give them good advice, especially Mm -hmm. fantasy football advice, but it's true. (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And I know that we need to get to that place, but I think it's hard when you get that from someone who you trust, who you mm-hmm. consider an ally. And that that is sometimes a very hard thing to wrap your head around because it's a lot easier to say to the Twitter troll with no photo as their avatar, with an egg as their avatar, I don't need to listen to you. But when it's someone you trust, it's much more difficult. Yeah. But I think you did a, a great job of uh, navigating Thank that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, this has been awesome. Um, I feel like we've learned so much and, and I've learned so much about you that I didn't even know before. So that is exciting in itself. Uh, and I think you've given us some really good tips, some really good advice and some really good inspiration. And I've written down a lot of notes here for myself. And I know I'm going to take this into my life and I know that our listeners will as well. But Thank I can't you, Tracy. Oh, that means welcome. so much. That is so, that like you have made my day and it's not a Tuesday. So I can make that <laughs> bit of joy the priority that I am receiving for today. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's true. I meant every word of it. I, I really do believe it. And if you could see all my scribbly notes here, which I will spare everybody of, but if you could see them, you would know that, that I really do mean it. And uh, this has been, this has been awesome, but I can't let you go yet. Of course, because we have to do five fun facts. And on this show, we ask everybody the same fun facts, which has been no pun intended fun because we get all these different answers. So it's been great. So without further ado, five fun facts with Liz Loza. Liz, what is your favorite moment in sports? I think probably when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, um, I mentioned my grandfather and him. He was a giant Cubs fan, and that was really special. I was pregnant with my daughter at the time, so that added another layer to it and what came out of that though I remember on Twitter like everybody was tweeting about it and for me I I couldn't travel and it was so hard because I was so pregnant it was past the time that it was safe for me to get on an airplane and I desperately wanted to be home in Chicago with my team with my mom like with my friends that I grew up with and the whole thing and I couldn't go and I felt so displaced here and I tweeted something about that and one of my Twitter followers saw it and said hey I am going down to Wrigley Field because everybody was writing um, names uh, with chalk of the people of the fans who had passed that like oh. would have loved. So she, oh, I get emotional. So she said, um, I she saw it and she she said, I'm going down to Wrigley Field. Do you want me to put like draw your grandfather's initials on the bricks and I can take a picture and send it to you? Um, oh. And she did, and it was. I mean, like, talk about all of the things coming together. <laughs> like, my home team won. The Cubs were these underdogs. I always have felt like an underdog my whole life. I got to win. My grandpa was tied in. And there was this gorgeous sense of, like, connected, there you go again, community mm-hmm. that just boo. And, I mean, and I was about to give birth to, like, the second best, the second blessing of my life. So that, to me, was one of the best untoppable experiences. Well, I'm a little emotional after that one, but that was, that's, that's absolutely incredible. Um, now that I, if I can recover, uh, what, what is your life? What is your life motto? Oh, wait, let me just also say that my daughter has my grandfather's last name as her middle name. Oh, so, and what is her middle name? Cantor. Oh, that's, I yeah. love that. that so it was, awesome. it was a full circle also like honoring him and in that moment, seeing his, his initials and knowing that she would have one of them in her name too. Anyway, that's that's really sweet. That's awesome. Um, Well, what is your life motto? (laughs) As we're both crying. (laughs) Um, My my life motto is, 
wake up, be kind, kick ass. I love that. Love it. Go to workout. Peloton. I'm a, I'm part of the cult. I can't deny it. It has made my life so much easier. Um, Cody Rigsby forever. Oh, forever. He's the best. But we're <laughs> offline. We'll change, exchange Peloton names for sure. sure. Uh, coffee order. A grande hot latte with oat milk and a stevia in the raw steamed into it. And a book every woman should read. Every woman should just read. Every person should read. This one was tough for me. Um, I really, I have to give Amy Trask, the former CEO Mm -hmm. of the Oakland Raiders, how to negotiate like a girl is one of my, uh, one of my dearest friends, supporters, mentors, inspirational people in my life. Like, her book, I think, does a really incredible job of outlining her life story and providing inspiration and information. Um, and I would also say that The Myths of Avalon, which is not a sports book, but is the, I don't know, gender-bending retelling of the Arthurian legend. It's a thousand pages long and people are like, this is some weird stuff. But like, it kind of just starts to open the world in it's kind of like wicked like when you learn Mm -hmm. the story of the villain and so you like the way that maybe a different lens has told the story where you realize that the villains weren't actually the villains and um maybe some of the gender rules that we've lived our lives by and that society has been ruled by like are a little upside down so I would say those two fantastic and Amy was one of our uh first few guests on Get My Job. So you guys should go back and listen to that one because it was uh, it was fantastic and she is amazing. Liz, this was awesome. Like I said, thank you so much. I am taking this into my life. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Bye all. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.